Hey, Woken Free Nation, Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science, to Bitcoin, or even one of your favorite celebrities. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Woken Free, is there too. Now, let's get into the episode. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woken Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 255th episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week we're doing an author spotlight of Meet Clavon Harris. But before we dive deep into the interview, a couple of things to cover. Have you downloaded this episode on WokenFree.com? If not, please do. You can do so through the Podbean app. And if you are able to do so, then you're able to put in your comments so that if you have questions for the author, we, as well as she, will be able to uh, see them along with the rest of the world. So make sure you do that. If you can't, for whatever the reason, then you can go on WokenFree.com, you can go on the Listen tab, and then you can pick your platform of choice where you're going to follow and subscribe to us if you can't download the Podbean app. So we're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, obviously download and subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. Oh my goodness, it's a Woken Free world. So definitely, please, please, please follow, subscribe, put in your comments. We can't wait to hear from you. And then on WokenFree.com, you can also at the top of the site, click subscribe to follow the show through the Podbean app. So we'd appreciate if you can do that as well. Now on social, if you ever want to holler, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn, at WokenFree. And then if you have 90 seconds, which really isn't a question, more of a statement. Uh, we would love for you to go to WokenFree.com, go on the Listen tab, and then pick your platform of choice where you'd like to give your reviews. We have lots of five-star reviews on iTunes. We know we can get more, and you know you want to give it. So definitely, please do. And with that, then I think it's time for us to share a little bit about the author, right? Yeah. All right, so Clavon Harris, she left a career of writing for television behind and returned to Philadelphia, where she planned to pursue a career in teaching. Easing in as a substitute, she was confronted by disruption and violence that undermined both the learning environment and her aspirations. Still hoping to contribute, she wrote an insightful firsthand account of the conditions and real-life challenges teachers and students face on a daily basis. Sub. Inside the Notorious School District of Philadelphia is the book for which she graciously shared and talked about her experience. You know you want a copy. Make sure you pick it up. We, You have all the links available on WokenFree.com. And of course, again, get make sure you download the Podbean app so you can put in questions for the author as well. With that, we're going to jump into the interview. Now, before we start to talk about you, 
we want to actually share just a little bit about ourselves. But we're going to ask you the question first, since you're a guest. Would you rather run errands in public in slippers and a robe or a shower cap and face mask? <laughs> I have to pick one of those two options. <laughs> yeah, it's a would you rather question. Uh, I guess a, a shower cap and a face mask. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why? Um, I'm thinking because people won't recognize me if my face is covered. That's oh, actually a, a really good reason. Yeah. Okay. I would do the uh, the slippers and robe just because I don't know the temperature and I don't like to be cold. So <laughs> I think I would go for that option. Oh, wait. Are you saying that's all I have on is a shower cap and a face yep. mask? Well, no. no it's not. Oh, it's not that? Well, I mean, oh, I, I thought that's what you some, were going with. That's has to be something. Like, no. No, I think there's a, I mean, it, it's, it's open interpretation, but what I would think is that you have to wear the shower cap and face mask with whatever else you're wearing. It's not what that's. Oh, I thought you, know. you were going like, a, oh, okay. No, it's not like that's all you oh, have. Okay. And you have to, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, no, that's that. an interesting choice. No, so you, your answer stays the same then? Yeah, my answer stays the same. Same. All right. And yeah, I'm going to go with the slippers and the robe. I don't want to have a face mask on outside. Like a, <laughs> one of those like clay masks. That's what I'm thinking that you have to put on or something. So I, I wouldn't go with that. I'll just stick with the robe. That's yeah, good enough for me. I'm going to stick with the face mask and the shower cap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, perfect. Now, let's get into it then. What motivated you to write sub inside the notorious school district of Philadelphia? Um, you know, actually, people ask me that uh, a lot. And the short answer is I wanted to help. Uh, I experienced some things and saw some things that really shocked me. And I could see that the kids in Philadelphia in particular were not getting the, you know, all of the education that they need to be successful and, and, and productive in life. And I wanted to help with that. The longer answer is that I started subbing and in nearly every classroom I went into, um, I noticed that there was a tremendous amount of classroom disruption, uh, disruption of the learning process, which was something that I didn't experience when I was going to school. And as a teacher, I really wasn't able to um, minimize this disruption because there would just be a couple of kids in the class who were a bit unmanageable. So I would spend a lot of time every day just just trying to deal with discipline issues, trying to deal with management, issues, trying to trying to deal with you know just getting a kid to stay in his or her seat or stay in the classroom or to not um, attack another kid or to not you know scream and holler during the, the lesson. And when you're dealing with that type of stuff, you're you're not teaching. That's incredible. Wow. And when you were going through that experience, what would you say was the biggest surprise or biggest surprise is that you uh, experienced while subbing and, and, and doing that shift from leaving your career in writing for uh, in the television space to now in the you know, knee deep in the educational system? I think the thing that surprised me most was that this existed and continued. And then second, that there wasn't much being done about it. And I didn't understand why there wasn't much being done about it. 
So I decided to start doing a little research to try to figure that out. And I talked to tons and tons of other teachers. I talked to administrators. I talked to, to counselors. And for the most part, they all said the same thing, that there were a couple of students in every class that had emotional behavioral disorders or unmanaged learning disabilities that made it very difficult for them to function in a general education setting, but that there was nothing that could be done about it because this is a, it is a federal mandate. And the federal mandate says that to the maximum extent appropriate, all children with disabilities or disorders are to be educated in the general education classroom, actually say in the least restrictive setting with children who are not disabled um, and provided services in that setting to help them be successful in that setting. But, and for the majority of kids with disabilities, that's fine, it works. They're able to be successful in their setting. They're able to keep up with the rest of the kids. They're able to, you know, or maybe even do better. But for a, a small percentage of kids, it does not work. And there have been many, many studies that have said that for those particular kids, especially those with emotional behavioral problems or you know, severe learning disability, uh, severe learning disabilities that are not managed, that a smaller classroom with teachers and aides with specialized training and skills is really a better setting for them. And it's a place where they can be more successful and learn what they need in order to be successful later in life. Okay. If there could be an equation for success in the school system, what would that equation consist of? Well, that's a complex question. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know what? The, here's the thing: the public education is just a very, very complicated thing. You know, it's it's very difficult. It's there. There are tons of facts, figures, and data that you have to incorporate. There are so many different ways in which different children learn. Um, there are different school systems, et cetera. So, but if I had to say, I would say that equity in funding plus minimized classroom disruption equals greater achievement. I love that. Wow. When you say minimize class disruption, what are some examples of that? Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share this story. So and this is this is this is in my book. Um, and it's actually in the, the part three of the book. So in, in this particular, um, there was a particular school that I went to, actually, I went back to it because I, I subbed at two different times. And I had been to the school before. And I went back 15 years later to that same school. And the the third grade head was divided between two teachers, an experienced teacher and a new teacher. The new teacher was really struggling with her classroom. Um, she had kids who were running up and down the hallways, walking out of her class, harassing the other students. And she was definitely struggling with that and she was asking for help. What they finally decided to do was to bring in another third grade teacher so that they would have three third grades and they would take some out of the experienced teacher's classroom because she had way too many kids in her class and take half out of the other teacher's 
the new teacher's classroom and put them in the other um, classroom. But before that third teacher showed up, new teacher went out on uh, disability or not disability, some type, some type of a leave, I think a medical leave. And when the new teacher showed up, they gave her the entire class. And she struggled with that class as well. She wasn't a new teacher, but she struggled with them as well. And inevitably she went out on some type of a leave. And then they started bringing in the substitutes. And I was one of the substitutes they brought in. They decided to go ahead and split that class into two. So I had a class of 18 students and I had one student in that classroom that I found it very, very difficult to manage. And I mean, in the middle of a lesson, getting up and walking out or running around the classroom, crawling through the closets, bothering the other kids. You know, he wasn't malicious, but he was just into everything and doing everything and didn't listen. And he was accustomed to doing what he wanted because he came from the other classroom. I would be on the phone with his father or texting his father every day, trying to get this kid under control. And there were other kids in the class that I, I struggled with a little bit, but they were all kind of falling into, into line. They were interested in the stuff that we were doing. They had their hands up, they were working. And this was the only person I was struggling. It's the only kid I was struggling with. Okay. And inevitably, the new teacher came back. The other substitute went away. She didn't like the way the classes had been split. She asked to have them resplit, and gave me more students that had uh, behavioral problems, let's say. So I spent at least, and one of them was really, really bad. And I spent every day, I don't even know how much time I spent every day just trying to manage those students and get them under control so that we could continue with the lesson. So you would have the other kids sitting there waiting while I'm pulling one kid off of another kid for who knows what reason. He's just attacking this kid that particular day. Or or another girl, he's he's attacking a little girl that day or he's running in and out of the classroom or walking by the classroom and snatching the door open and slamming it. And I was afraid the glass was going to break. Um, I picked up his book bag off the floor. He flipped out and, you know, jumped up and snatched it back. And then he's going to, you know, fight with me about it. I would be in the middle of a, um, a lesson and he would get up and walk to the front and say, I'm leaving. I'm bored or I don't want to be in here today, or I'm out. And he would call the other kids to come with him. And at the beginning, they would go. And after a while, they didn't go because I was on the phone every day calling those kids' parents or grandparents or whoever it was that was watching them. And I finally got most of the kids to fall in line. But that one kid, I, I couldn't do it. He choked other students, he kicked other students, he tripped students down the stairs, he pushed them into walls, he stole, he, um, you know, he was constantly arguing with me, he was constantly slamming the door. It was insane. And this went on day after day, week after week, month after month. So the amount of time that I had to spend dealing with him and that the other kids had to spend dealing with him was time that we should have been working on the lessons. Wow, that's that's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. I, I imagine that like that one student is just like one example, but there are many of those types of personalities or behavioral issues that you saw while in the system, right? The reason why I, I 
give that example is because it's very clear and it's 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 delineated in the book over a school year just in mm-hmm. terms of the 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 type of things that I went through with him but you know I would find at least one or two students like that in every classroom I went to in almost every classroom mm-hmm. you know when I was further out closer to the suburbs the the chances were minimized that I would you know find that type of disruption or if I went to one of the magnet schools or the special admission schools, the chances that I would find that type of disruption were were minimized. But in just the ordinary everyday neighborhood schools, every classroom would have these types of problems. And it, so it wasn't just me dealing with this one student in this one class. It was all of the teachers. And you had so many of them who were just burning out from dealing with this day after day after day. But if you have two kids in your class, if you have one kid in your class who's really out of control, that kid can bring the learning process to a complete halt for all the kids. Absolutely. So then ultimately, I guess through all that trial and tribulation, which definitely sounds like uh, you amongst uh, <laughs> many of the administration uh, were tested on a daily basis, what would you say were the most meaning, meaningful lessons learned and like in, in both the positive and a negative light, I guess? Yeah. I'll start with the positive. Um, I would say the, the one thing which to me, which is very affirming was that I met so many wonderful kids when I was studying. So many great kids, smart, funny, engaged, um, had goals for the future and just really a joy to be around. So, you know, there are people who think that, they're, you know, the kids in the inner city, they don't care about learning. They don't care about education. That is not true. These kids wanted to learn, but a lot of times they were held back. You know, it's kind of frustrating for kids when you're sitting there trying to do your work and there are one or two kids over here who are completely acting out and disrupting the process and getting all of the attention, you know, or you're being harassed because you're trying to do your work. You know, kids are not stupid. They, they're going to do one or two things, you know. You know, a lot of them will try to stay on task and get the work done. Some of them will wind up becoming friends with those kids that act out because they don't want to be bullied. They don't want to be picked on. And so they befriend those kids and act like them and blueprint on them because they just don't want to be targeted. Um, and then you have other kids that, that get kind of, they get a little depressed. They get a little frustrated with school. It starts to turn them off because it's not a pleasant experience for them. So, so the positive thing was that there were so many great kids. The negative thing is that when I really thought about this and I looked at the the impact from kindergarten through high school because I had a chance to sub from really from head start kindergarten elementary school middle and and high school and what I would find is that those same patterns existed all throughout it's just that the impact of them were the the impact was greater as the students were older you know when kids are in kindergarten they're small it's oh, it's easier to manage them, even if they are acting out. So it's easier to kind of mitigate the disruption a little bit. But as they become older and bigger and taller than you, it's a lot more difficult to try to tell someone that 
they need to stop talking or, you know, they need to do the work that's in front of them or, you know, what is the problem? Why aren't you doing the work in front of you? I mean, there were times when I thought that I was going to be hit because I asked uh, a student to stop talking and to focus on on their work. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. No, it's it's not. It's it was it was it was really an interesting thing, and I spent a lot of time, you know, just doing research, trying to figure out what the issues were, why this was happening, and you know, a lot of it again came back to a federal mandate the individuals with disabilities education act which says you know not only that these children um with disabilities are to be educated in the general education setting all of them this it says to the maximum extent appropriate but a lot of school districts just didn't have they were underfunded understaffed and they thought okay well we'll dismantle our special ed programs We'll, we'll funnel these children into the general ed setting and we'll save money, not realizing that it was going to cost just as much, if not more, to try to provide services and support to those kids, you know, while they were dispersed all over the, the school. So, you know, that's that was a that was a huge problem. So you find out about that. And then you also find that in this same act, it says that the only way that children with disabilities can be removed, you know, from a classroom setting is if they bring in guns, drugs, or a bomb. And then they revise wow. that to say, or doing serious bodily injury. Oh, wow. And then, and then you ask, does that happen? And the answer is yes, it does happen. I, I can't tell you how many teachers I ran into that have been hit, kicked, or whatever. I've been hit. I've been kicked. Um, I wasn't seriously injured, thank goodness, but it could have happened. I know the, the last assignment I had right before I ended my first time subbing, which was back in 2002, um, I was in for a teacher who had been struggling with one student in her class and she had been asking for help and she didn't get it. And one day this kid pushed her backwards over a desk and really hurt her. And she went out on disability and medical leave. And then they started this, you know, just revolving door of substitutes that came through trying to deal with this class which was kind of out of control. Now, how can our Woken Free Nation listeners support you? So shout out all your wonderfulness, books and everything. <laughs> um, so one, you know, I, I would say, you know, if, if you have a chance and you can, you know, get a copy of Sub Inside the Notorious School District of Philadelphia. Um, that, you know, basically tells my whole story from beginning to end. The first two times, the, the first time that I went out and subbed, the first half of the book is just basically stories from the room. The part two is about um, an update on the schools that I chronicle in the first half and their interviews with, you know, teachers or kids or what have you. Um, and then the part three of the book is more stories from the room, you know, my experiences at one school over an entire school year, and then a lot of the research that I did in terms of trying to figure out, you know, why this was happening. And funding is a, a huge issue. It plays a big role in this whole thing. So if you can pick up the book, great, pick up the book. You know, um, also there's a free workbook on the publisher website, angelwalk.biz, and it's the free sub workbook, which 
basically summarizes a few of the main issues that I talk about in the book and shares a few stories from the book. And then also make suggestions for what you can do, um, simple things you can do really to help ensure that all kids in America get the education that they deserve. Love it. Absolutely. So Welcome Free Nation, you heard it. Get a copy of the book. We'll definitely list that and uh, we'll shout out. People can find you on your social and your website and all that good stuff. So we'll make sure to to add in that. I guess lastly then, you know, is anything that's coming up for you that you'd love to announce? Also, last words of wisdom uh, for parents who are struggling with, you know, trying to figure out what's right with their children, whether their children, you know, have kind of um, additional or special needs, what I guess advice you have given, you know, the context of your experience as to how <laughs> parents can better advocate on behalf of their children. And then also just for folks getting into the educational system, like things to keep in mind. Okay, that that's a great question. Um, as far as what I have coming up, I would say the main thing that I'm, I'm doing right now is just promoting the workbook, just, you know, trying to get the you know, the main points out there, you know, whether you can, you're able to pick up the book or not, the workbook is free. So grab it at angelwalk.biz. Um, in terms of parents, I would say there are two things. One, um, talk to your kids about what's going on at school every day, every day, because kids become accustomed to an environment and it doesn't, it doesn't seem unusual to them anymore. It doesn't seem like it's a problem because it's like that every day. Ask them if, you know, the teacher has to stop a lot because certain kids in the classroom are not listening, are not doing what they're supposed to do. Ask your kids if they're listening to the teacher and doing what they're supposed to do and staying on task. Um, you know, but definitely just stay abreast. If you can, go sit in on a class. You know, go go visit and sit in on your your kid's class. Um, participate in what's going on at the school. Pay attention to what's going on with your your school board locally read the local papers and listen to the local news and and know what is happening. Are there changes in, in your district that you need to pay attention to? Because things happen all the time. You have to listen to what's going on with funding. You have to listen to who's running the district now. You have to pay attention to, to all of that stuff. And make sure you support candidates who believe that education should be fair and equitable for all students. And, mm -hmm. and let let the administration, the current administration in Washington know that um, they need to take a look at IDEA. They need to take a look at that law and, and figure out how they can adjust it so that they can give more authority to the individual schools and school districts to determine which kids would benefit from a different type of setting. So I think all those things are important. And if you're a new teacher, hey, you know, know what it's like understand what it's like be prepared for a challenge because if you think it's going to be easy it's not especially if you're dealing with a, a large school district and very often even in the suburban districts a lot of teachers are going through um, a lot of different changes and dealing with things that they weren't expecting to um, i had an, an opportunity to interview a school board director from one of the suburban districts uh, around here. And she was saying that they were losing teachers left and right. And to be honest, there's a national teacher shortage across the United States. So be ready for a challenge, be up for a challenge. And those of you who hadn't considered becoming teachers, consider it because it can be very rewarding. 
such wonderful advice. And uh, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Khalil, as well. But I would say, uh, for my experience, I, I taught in the uh, community college circuit, and that, you know, has its own set of challenges, definitely not to the level of what you described uh, in the episode, but uh, education is the foundation for growth and movement in our society for us as people. We have to teach uh, the, the the next generation. So I completely like what you said about if you haven't considered it, consider it like resonated a lot with me because I think that folks think that, oh, you know, what do I have to offer? And, and they would be surprised. Like there's a lot to there's a lot of need and, and growth that's needed within the educational system. And, you know, we can't just sit around and complain about it. We have to take action and do something about it. So I love that. Yeah, very well said. I, I absolutely agree with, with, with everything you've said there. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, I don't know if it's true now, but I do remember like maybe like eight years ago that people were actually having hard times actually getting teaching roles and they would go from like district to district and they just weren't hiring them. I don't remember what the reason was for, but that was in New York. I remember there was an issue with that. So that's the only question I have with becoming a teacher is if I become a teacher, will I actually get a place? Yeah. (laughs) Or will will I be just like fluttering my fingers trying to figure out where can I actually teach at? That's the Mm -hmm. only issue. Well, I'll tell you. Wonder about. They just did a survey, a national survey of teachers, and four out of 10 teachers said that they are planning to leave the profession, um, either very or fairly likely to leave the profession in the next two years. That's that's 40% of the teachers out there. So hopefully a lot of them are just saying that and they don't mean it. Um, but there is a documented national teacher shortage. There are a lot of teachers who are considering leaving the profession. I think that if someone wants a job teaching, I think that they can get it. But what the struggle is for a lot of people is that they want a cushy teaching job um, at a school that is very well funded in a in a, a town or city that has a lot of money that goes toward their their public schools where they they have incredible resources and they have very well paid and and trained staff and they have smaller um, class sizes and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, if you're looking for that, that's probably going to be tough to get. But if you're looking, if you're ready to just get out there and work where there's the greatest need, then I, I, I think that you're probably going to be able to get a job. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. <laughs> well, Kaleva, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for writing your book and, and, opening folks' eyes to seeing uh, the issues that is happening right in front of us. And uh, if you haven't picked up a copy, definitely make sure you pick up a copy and uh, follow her and make sure that, uh, you know, if, if you have, you know, questions or thoughts, please put them in the comments because we can share that with uh, our author spotlight for this week, as well as, uh, you know, want to hear your thoughts on on this episode and, uh, and her story. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And you guys, you know, keep at it. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> thank Thanks. you so much. Appreciate it. It looks like we are at that time again. It's coming to the end of our 255th episode of... Okay, free. Having problems, sir? I'm likely. <laughs> Maybe you need a sub. <laughs> okay, if you say so. 
That's how uh, you feel. I'll just go with your expertise advice. Okay, Khalil. <laughs> <laughs> this was quite the episode having an author spotlight of me, Clavon Harris. Now, what do folks need to do, Mr. Insightful One? Come back next week for the new Woken Free Wednesday episode. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along the conversation, and make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, realistically, we're talking 2023. You can submit a topic or your story on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. Also on social, if you ever want to hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, at Woken Free. And all sponsorship and collaboration queries can be submitted to us on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast, it is a way of life. Until next time.